Smarties, I'm very honored and excited to welcome one of my clients from CAP Educational Therapy Group onto the podcast today. Arielle started her educational therapy journey in the middle of 11th grade, and we have continued working together up until recently as she completed her first year of college. In this episode, you're going to hear her talk about her early experiences in ed therapy with me, how her home life has changed as a result of intervention, and the impact that procrastination and indecision have had on her academic life, and what she does now to mitigate that impact. Happy Thanksgiving, and let's dig in. You want to learn faster, but sometimes working harder is just not the answer. You have to learn smarter. The Educational Therapy Podcast. Hi, Smarties. Welcome to episode 183 of Learn Smarter, the Educational Therapy Podcast. I'm Stephanie Pitts. And I'm Rachel Cap. And today we're really excited to have a client from Cap Educational Therapy Group. Welcome, Arielle. Thank you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give a little background. Arielle was my former client because we've graduated her out of ed therapy now, right, Arielle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we just looked it up. We started working together when you were in the middle of your junior year. But why don't you tell me what you remember about your parents telling you that they had found me? And how did that conversation go? I don't know that story. Do you remember that? I had tried tutoring first because we thought that I wasn't understanding it. I had tried a different educational therapist and he was an old guy (laughs) and (laughs) he gave me the reading strategy of highlighting different colors when I didn't really like him. So we looked for you. (laughs) I did not know that story. Knowing you, I don't know that that would be your favorite strategy. (laughs) Yeah. So do you remember the initial reason why you were looking for a tutor or a therapist? What was going on that put everybody on this path? Mm -hmm. I was waiting till the last minute to do all of my writing assignments and then falling on my dad to, well, mostly write it for me, (laughs) really sit with me through the whole process of writing. And then we'd stay up very late the night before, and sometimes I wouldn't even turn it in on time. One of the things that I remember talking to your parents about was your systems for managing your time and your things, which you didn't really have, if I remember correctly. Mm -mm. And your parents are so lovely, and by the way, so coachable. They really did take advice. But here you guys coming to the practice And I'm like, yeah, we're not going to start with this writing stuff, which was the initial reason, right? My dad didn't like that. (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) He's like, why? That doesn't make any sense. You're organized. You have folders for everything. Uh huh. What would you say about that now? I was not organized. (laughs) 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 I just like colors. Yeah. So Ariel was like a classic example, Steph, of... A student who really didn't have a simple system. She had a system, but it was not simple and it was complicated and had multiple decisions that she had to make sort of along the way in order to find where something was living. Ariel, correct me if I'm wrong. Did you have like a folder for notes and then a folder for assignments per class, right? Color per classes. And then I had a planner and I didn't use a calendar really, but I had like multiple places to look for where my homework was. Right. So then you come in to the practice 
And I'm like, we got to simplify all of this. So can you speak to that experience? Because I think I was really pushing you. Yeah, I didn't like it very much. (laughs) Right. And especially if your dad was in the background, like, I don't get this at all. But all right. Yeah, my dad thought I was very organized because I really like color coding things. (laughs) Right. Could you remember what color was which class? Yes. English was blue. Oh, okay. Math was purple. Science was green. And then history varied, but I think it was sometimes red. Okay. All right. You just said that you were looking multiple places to find out what your homework was. Yeah. And then I was missing a lot of assignments and doing it last minute. And I don't know that your parents always knew that that was going on. Uh, No, because I would freak out to them. I would take out my frustration on myself on them. And then I would have like an anxiety attack, freak out and not go to bed till very late. Right. And not end up doing any of my work because I was freaking out. It paralyzed you. Yeah. And then my dad would get mad because he'd be like, I can't help you like this. And then he would just walk out and leave because. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> A lot of tension. I can't remember. Did he see himself in you? He didn't understand. Mm. He was like, this is just writing. All you have to do is write it down. I was like, it's not just writing. It's hard. Because he's a writer. Uh, he's a writer by profession yes well he does real estate but he calls himself a writer because you know that's what he likes to do right so you're taking like a parent who this is the hobby for Mm -hmm. with a kid who's like actively avoiding it yes he's writing a book it's fun and easy for him and torture for you and you're not alone. He would say, no, it's not easy. It still takes me a long time, but he likes it. But it's not the same. He derived pleasure from it. Yes. And I don't know that you ever have. No. From writing. Really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so my question for you is once we sort of overhauled your systems, made you put everything sort of in one place, your physical stuff was in one binder, suddenly we were importing your calendar and you knew which assignment was due when, and you could visually see it. How did that sort of transform your experience of being a student or did it? Well, first I was not very happy about (laughs) changing my systems because I was, I don't know, stubborn about that. Comfortable. Yes. Um, But then after a while of using my calendar, it was way better with remembering assignments and when I have practice and when I'll have time to do my work. And as you've grown and figured out what works, what you started that day is not necessarily the same system that you have going on now, right? It takes you time to figure out what works and what doesn't. Yeah. With high school, we had to modify my calendar because the way my classes work, it switched every day. And Oh, yeah. That's hard. So I had to connect my high school email to it because the calendar was just too complicated. So we had two emails, but then we were able to like connect it into my personal email so that I could just update it and could see both in one. So that was helpful. That's a game changer. Mm -hmm. Speaking to your dad's sort of uncertainty about my advice in terms of organizing that, I don't think parents understand that piece of it. I think maybe they understand it more now because in COVID they've seen the portals a lot more, Mm -hmm. but the fact that the schedule was difficult to maintain. And you were doing a lot of that work just in your brain. Yeah. Cause I would have my calendar schedules and then my planner of homework, it wouldn't connect it. But then when we switched, we had it on 
one place. Right. And that was something that I remember you really liking too. You like a to-do list, right? I like to have it. And then I tried to color code it on the calendar, but you told me. (laughs) Do you remember why? I was just complicating things more. It would take longer. (laughs) Yeah. Because you were trying to make it pretty. And I'm like, this is just a way of you avoiding what needs to get done. Yes. (laughs) So a lot of what you'll hear Ariel and I talk about today is trying not to overcomplicate and also trying to make it easier for her to make decisions to move forward. Yes. You would always say the minimum viable product. Yes. And what does that mean? It means just get done what you need to get done and don't make it perfect, which was difficult. (laughs) Yes, but you did it. Yes. I'm glad to know that that's something that resonated with you. I don't think you've ever said it back to me before. Is it something that like goes through your head now, like when you're doing assignments? Yes, because I still try to get my sentences perfect sometimes with my essays, but then I have to remember that like I can go back and fix it later if I have time just to finish it. How often would you say that you're like, okay, I don't love this sentence, but I'm going to move forward. I'm going to move on. And then you actually go back and quote unquote fix it. (laughs) Well, I would like reread it maybe once to make sure I don't have huge grammar mistakes, but I wouldn't always fix it and it would end up fine. Because it was fine. Did you get the grade and you went back and thought, oh, that one sentence, that's what did it. Yeah, exactly. You don't remember. I also usually wouldn't remember what sentence I was talking about when I went back and looked at it. Yep. Right. It was so important to you in the moment and giving you permission just to sort of move on from it. Immediately, you're like, okay, it's not as important as past Ariel thought. Yeah. We would talk a lot about like present day Ariel, past Ariel, future mm-hmm. Ariel. Like, and I would say future Ariel is not going to care about this. Yeah. Right? Yes, you would <laughs> say that a lot. <laughs> it's so true. Also, think back to an essay or something that was the most torturous thing of high school. And does it really affect you today? Doesn't matter now. <laughs> no. But that was something that took time and maturity and perspective. Mm -hmm. And so the environment sometimes made things seem much more intense than they actually were. That's why my parents thought I needed a tutor because I was coming in from a different middle school. So, and the middle school was kind of weird. One semester was science and then the next semester I would do history, which wouldn't make any sense. Then I just forget it for the next year. So I'm curious, what were some of the goals that you remember us setting together? I had gotten tested for my learning because that's when we realized I wanted an education. (laughs) Ah, Do you want to talk about that a little bit? What your experience was? Some of my friends, it was easier for them to do learning comprehension. and I mean, not learning, reading comprehension. And it was taking me a long time and I wasn't grasping all of where I thought I was. I wasn't. So I wanted to see how I learned like visual or whatever I got tested and I found out I think it was a little bit of slow processing with reading I just liked more time so then I got extra time at school which really helped with writing English and stuff like that not really the math part because I always liked math but right yeah the other stuff game changer from my recollection of your report I don't think there was anything glaring I think it was just that it would take you more time. It like validated what you already knew about yourself. 
Yes. Now let's go back to that moment of you've got the testing, you've been validated. Yep, this is what's going on. I was like, what if I'm never going to be helped? Like, I <laughs> I think I'm stupid <laughs> still. But you thought that before. Yeah. Yeah. You were going to a great university. So that's clearly not the case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so can you sort of take some perspective on what you think the goals that Rachel probably had for you that maybe you didn't realize at the time? What do you think she thought, like, if we can get Ariel here, she'll be good? Making myself just start writing instead of being perfectionist about it and staring at the blank page and asked, thinking that I needed my dad's help. Truth. You're not alone. The blessing of being bright is also the curse of being perfectionistic sometimes. I always knew you were going to be fine because you were conscientious, you cared. And the curse of caring too much is much easier to work with than not caring enough. And also, if you want to call the slow comprehension stuff a deficit, I never really perceived you that way. And I would tell your parents, I'm like, amongst the clients that I see, she will be fine. Everybody just needed sort of reassurance that you were going to work through this, but everybody sort of had to make changes. My dad admitted to me that like he was very worried about me going to college. Every time I would speak to your parents and I would just remind them tomorrow she'll be a day older than today. We have time. She cares deeply and we'll get her there, but they had to make some changes too. And look at you now. Yeah. One year down. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm curious sort of your experience of how your parents evolved alongside with you in this process. Because I think without them, it would have taken you a lot longer. Mm -hmm. My parents would always ask what I'm working on with you, but I didn't always really like telling them because my dad would then make comments about what it was. And I didn't feel like explaining why we were doing something because... I, I knew the reason you were doing it, so I didn't really feel like explaining it in words to my dad or my mom. It was just kind of a trust that you were helping me. And they did see improvements eventually, so then my dad kind of let it go, I think. I want to know quickly, with that thought, though, what improvements do you think that they saw? Well, uh, I started not really asking my dad for help with writing at night. So he was like, okay, you're fine. <laughs> okay, that's fair. My perception of your parents was always like, they're incredibly coachable and they're deferring to my expertise. But it's funny to hear, no, they were questioning things along the way. They didn't want to tell you, but they were questioning it to me. <laughs> Here's the beautiful part. Because they did share like, we don't always know what's going on. I'd be like, good. <laughs> She's in 11th grade. I don't want her telling you all the nuances. I think it's hard for them to just let you be. Yeah. So like, it was good. You were establishing boundaries, but they were establishing boundaries as far as the stuff went too. Like I was working with them too. It also used to be with my anxiety and stuff. My mom would stay up until I went to bed because I did not like going to sleep when everyone was already asleep, which was embarrassing for me to admit. But then... I started staying up on my own, just finishing my work by myself. And then they started to see a difference because they would go to sleep earlier than me and I would still be working on it. How wonderful. Check you out. <laughs> we give Arielle credit. We give her parents credit too, because they did things that were uncomfortable for them 
to sort of help promote her maturity and her growth. And I remember you guys talking a lot about the sleep thing. But know that you're not alone because as we're teenagers and as we're growing into becoming an adult, we've all got some form of something that we're trying to figure out and navigate and learn how to grow up. And your parents went through it themselves. It was just a long time ago, so they might not remember, but we all do it. Yeah. I still have some like sleep difficulties, but it doesn't fall on my parents anymore. I do too. There's a reason I fall asleep with the TV on every night. I don't like being alone. I have a sound machine. Sound machines are good. And Rach, you go to sleep first. I go to sleep first. The sleep thing is very intense. And then when you have a partner that you're trying to figure it out with too, it it shifts everything all over again as you're trying to both get restful sleep. So you figured out what's working for you right now. And that might not be what works for you in five years, but you'll figure it out as you go. Just because what's working now wouldn't have worked for you five years ago. Yeah. True. <laughs> Part of the reason I wanted you to do the podcast, Ariel, was to give you an opportunity to have a little bit of perspective. You can be very difficult on yourself still. <laughs> yeah. And from my perspective of where we started, and it's not just because you've grown up, your struggles are always going to be an underlying thing. You've spoken about the procrastination piece, right? But you're able to talk yourself through it. And you have so many strategies now. And then sometimes we'd be meeting while you were in this first year of college. And really, as I was telling your parents, I was like, I think I'm a security blanket for her at this point because I wasn't doing much. I liked it. (laughs) I know. And I told your parents that too. I'm like, I enjoy seeing her every week and checking in. And just because we're not going to be doing that sort of moving forward doesn't mean that I'm not going to be checking in on you. (laughs) So, (laughs) but you have the language of this now. And so sometimes when we would check in, you'd be like, okay, I'm behind on this. And I'd be like, okay. Right. Like I didn't have like this big reaction to it because you knew how to recover. If you stayed up all night, the night before something was due, the only person impacted was you. And you knew how to rely on peers And the one thing that, you know, particularly in college that we all really wanted for you was for you to like avail yourself of the services there. And you did. A little. A little when I told you to. Yes. But you would. More than I would have. More than I would have in the past. Because that was one of the things that we worked on too, was like you communicating with teachers. Mm -hmm. You feeling comfortable calling people. Yes. You feeling comfortable texting people? Can you speak a little bit about the indecision stuff that you work through? The reason I'm bringing this up, Ariel, is because like it's a trend I'm noticing and we've noticed with sort of your peer group in particular, the generation that's been raised with the ability to text and like Google something. I can't tell you how many clients I have that don't want to call to make a reservation. We have parents who listen to this sometimes and we have other professionals who listen to the podcast. And I think that's surprising to people in our age range and older because we had to call to make an appointment. I didn't want to sound stupid, which didn't make sense because they always made sense. You never really changed anything from my email. (laughs) I never changed anything in your email or text messages when you needed to communicate with somebody. 
you know, and I knew that you were doing that at home too. Cause your parents would tell me that. Yeah. I still do it sometimes, but my mom always gets a little like, Ariel, it sounds good. I don't need to read it. I don't. <laughs> well, in full disclosure, stuff will sometimes read an email for me that I need to send. Cause sometimes you do need a second pair of eyes, but majority of the stuff that we were talking about. And I would say to you, do you spend this much time? Like, parsing through what they've said to you. Right. (laughs) And so just getting you to sort of take a different perspective. Yeah. I'm curious, Ariel, how did you know when it was time to stop ed therapy or did you know? I didn't. (laughs) I mean, I did. I did. And I didn't, I didn't really want to because I like, okay, that's fair. You knew, but you didn't want to. (laughs) I mean, we weren't really doing as much in the meetings. It was just a, Ariel, did you check your email and update your calendar? And I would kind of wait till the meetings to do it because I knew that she was going to (laughs) ask. You never told me that, but I knew it. And I, when I had said to your parents, like, I want to scale back, we're not really doing much beyond me telling her to check her calendar and check her email. And I said, but I think she's waiting for me to do those two things. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. Okay, so now that you've stopped, how would you say things are going? Well, I haven't really had any schoolwork yet because we stopped right after finals. So, but do you feel ready for next year? I don't know. (laughs) I'm nervous for sophomore year. I still feel like a freshman. You are going to feel like a freshman for four years. (laughs) Yeah. All adults are faking it, and we don't ever tell people that. We're all faking adulting (laughs) right now. We're all like 15 years old on the inside. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. You know, I know when I told you, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to start in the fall with you. You're going to do this. And you said to me, can we just meet to get my calendar organized? And I started laughing because I'm like, you know what to do at this point. I like doing it with you. (laughs) I know. I will look at it. How about that? If that makes you feel secure. But your parents don't have to pay me for me to watch you do what you know how to do. I know that. (laughs) She's not going anywhere. So if you need help, you know where it is and you know how to ask for it now. So what would you tell other kids who are feeling similar feelings that you were feeling that, you know, they might feel stupid or they're not sure if educational therapy would help or things like that? What would you say to them? Trust the process because it's going to feel really weird during it. Because especially if you don't like change. You'll be, you'll be kind of stubborn <laughs> like I was because I didn't really want to like change my email or not color code because it was pretty. <laughs> Fair enough. But just trust that. I mean, trusting is hard sometimes, <laughs> but just, just to see where it goes and try things out. And if it doesn't work, you can always switch the structure. Yeah. Yeah. We would talk about the trial and error stuff. And then there were some things that I was just absolutely insistent on. Rightfully so, if I may say. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I like it now. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you understand the principles of it now, so you can evolve it and iterate it to make it comfortable for you. And you're also old enough and self-aware enough to know that I'm doing this to avoid 
Yes. And it's also a very gradual process. So like I didn't feel it during it, which was a little bit difficult sometimes because I was like, I'm never going to get ready for college and be independent. (laughs) And now? Then we were able to look back and see that I'm very different than I was when I started. Yes, ma'am. Congratulations on that. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for trusting me. Mm Mm-hmm. I was right. (laughs) It helped that I liked you. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) It's always important. It's true. It is true. Like the likability factor is important. It helped that I liked you too. Mm -hmm. There was a moment where I might have had to switch. Remember, because you didn't have time. I don't remember that. (laughs) Did I like suddenly make time? Yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I moved a bunch of people around to make it work for you. (laughs) (laughs) Likeability factor matters. Mm -hmm. Arielle, thanks for coming on and doing this. Yes, thank you. Thanks for having me. Arielle, will you do our signature sign-off? Have a great week, Smarties. (laughs) That makes me want the Smarties candy. I know. (laughs) Have a great week. Have a great week.